0: Welcome to the Give to Profit podcast, the podcast that inspires business owners, entrepreneurs and leaders to turn their business into a profitable force for good. During our weekly episodes, you'll hear business leaders and entrepreneurs share how they put social impact at the heart of their business and the many benefits that come from doing this. You can find full show notes for today's show and additional resources at givetoprofit.com and of course you can subscribe to this podcast on iTunes and Stitcher where it would also be great if you could leave us a rating and review. For every review this month we'll be sponsoring a child to go to school for a day in Cambodia and so now here's your host business mentor speaker and author Alison McKenzie. Hi everyone and welcome, welcome, welcome to the Give to Profit podcast show. This is your host, Alison McKenzie, and today I'm delighted to have one of my favorite business mentors who has been hugely instrumental in the way I have built up my business. Our guest today is George Cow, who is a business coach. I've done a lot of work with him and I see him absolutely as a world leader in in how we can actually go about ethical marketing with generosity and honesty. He offers a massive amount of brilliant free content on his website and has just published his first book, Authentic Content Marketing, Build an Engaged Audience for Your Personal Brand Through Integrity and Generosity. And I always love our conversations and I'm thrilled to be sharing this one with you, which where we're going to be having various different discussions on the topic of charitable giving and social impact. So welcome, George. George.
1: Thank you, Alison. This is great. I'm looking forward to this and thank you for such a generous introduction.
0: Well, you deserve it. (laughs) (laughs) So it would be great if you could just share a little bit about your journey in becoming the generous entrepreneur that you are today. Who is leading the world in ethical marketing?
1: Thank you. Well, I'm grateful to have gone through the original sort of couple of years of my business journey I would say wasn't as generous (laughs) as I wanted it to be. But basically I started out eight years ago as a social media sort of trainer and coach and then I transitioned into teaching people how to create and market webinars. That was my main thing for a while. But I was doing business from uh, more of a conventional perspective where it was really all about profit and everything that we do in business was really profit driven. And I didn't think much about the social impact, even though my heart was there, I didn't know how to connect the two. And I thought, okay, I just make a bunch of money and then give some money to charity was kind of my model, which is fine too. A lot of people do that and charities get supported, which is wonderful. But then a couple of years ago, three, four years ago, I had this transformation in my way of thinking about it. And I realized that everything I do in my business affects society and affects, you could say, quote unquote, social impact, right? And including the way I market my business, including the question is, is my marketing benefiting society or is my marketing a means to the end of, which is profit, and then taking the profit to benefit society? And so I made this change, dramatic change in my business and how I did my marketing such that, well, I kind of stumbled into what I now call authentic content marketing. And I'm kind of really integrating now my social impact right into the way that I run and market my business. And so that's where we are today.
0: Yes, fantastic. One of the things I love about you, George, is is the way that you speak very honestly about the journey you've been on. And Mm -hmm. I think for many of us, I mean, I, I would say the same. My first, while I think of myself as a kind person, my first goal in business was about earning money. That was about supporting myself. And I had the belief set that I couldn't actually have social impact as well because I needed to wait until I had the money. Um, And I think that's one of the blocks that we have, Mm. that we can do good even if we don't have money.
1: Right. Yes, (laughs) that's very um, insightful there. Yeah, there's this misconception that is sort of the mainstream way that society thinks about business and impact, which is you do your business first and then you make your impact on the weekend when you go volunteer, mm-hmm. right? Or you do your business, you make a bunch of money, and then you give it away. You know, it doesn't matter what the business is really doing, it's just as long as it makes money and as long as it's legal. Right? <laughs> Ethical and legal aren't always the same thing, no. right? And <laughs> no. so, and then, and then, like you said, the other misconception is, well, I don't have any money, so what difference can I make? I can't, who am I to make a difference when I'm just maybe starting out as an entrepreneur or my business is not that big. So I'm just going to focus on my business and making money. And then one day <laughs> I'll have enough money <laughs> to finally give. And I think a lot of people have that dream, which definitely is a praiseworthy aspiration that yes, I want to make $10 million a year so that I can give away all this money. But then the journey, my sort of my message these days is what about the entire journey there? What are you doing right now? To make social impact and that's why I can't do anything. Yes, you can because thanks to the internet and how easy it is to guess what change consciousness through the content that we put out there. As we know, true social impact begins with a transformation of people's way of thinking because the, the change in people's way of thinking will of course change their way of behaving which has all the ripple effects for benefiting society that we actually want.
0: Totally. And it's, I mean, I talk about quite a few different ways of supporting causes in my book, but actually at one end of the spectrum, you have what we, I suppose, what what people traditionally think they can do, which is dipping their toes in by once they have the money, I'll donate a certain percentage to a cause. Sure,
1: sure, But at the
0: other end of the spectrum is where I think you and I are, we just do it in slightly different ways, is how do we actually integrate who we are as a person and our desire to have a positive impact on the planet into not just our personal lives, but actually every aspect of our business.
1: Mm, You know, and there are
0: so many ways to do that. To me, donating to cause to a charity and cause um, is one way of doing it. But there's many, many other ways we can do it, too. Yeah, but it's absolutely. about the integration and being very mindful. I loved how you said there something along the lines of asking ourselves the question, is my marketing benefiting society or a means to an end and enables me to then donate to a cause? Because right. it's for each of us to find the what's going to work for us. But what's important is we don't need to leave the heart at the door of our business and that we right. can have impact from the first we are in business it's just about thinking differently
1: yeah that's exactly well said and I think about that famous quote we're all familiar with which is be the change Mm -hmm. you wish to see in the world and of course said by a human being who really was the change you wanted to see in the world Muhammad Gandhi and you're right it's this this dichotomy we're talking about is our marketing itself socially beneficial or is it only a means to an end? Like why I need to do whatever I need by any means necessary. Right? It's that, <laughs> the idea is like, I need to use whatever marketing tactics is available to me, no matter whether I feel somewhat not aligned with it. It's like, but but it works, quote unquote, it works. Yeah, I put it in air quotes. It works to bring short term profit and it works to bring sales. And then later I'll worry about the donating charity. I say, guess what? We can do both. We can do both, meaning we can have marketing that works, which then brings profit to donate. And we can do marketing itself that is honorable, uh, praiseworthy, that gives people uh, generosity and a sense of, yes, I want more of this kind of marketing and messaging in the world because by itself, even if I don't buy the product, this marketing and messaging is beneficial.
0: Yeah, totally. Totally. And that's, I mean, that's one of the reasons why I decided to run, start running fundraising events Mm. as part of my marketing. It's one of my main strategies, run marketing, fundraising events. And when you, whatever the strategy is we use, it can't help but shift the perceptions that people have about us as an individual. And when we're running a small business, our personal and business brand, it Mm can't. But change the perception, so I'd like to ask you, Justin, mean, for you in terms of the big picture, what legacy would you like to have through your
1: business? Oh wow, so it's a great question, and i um, I have a vision for my business of so I have this framework that I use with with, with my clients now that I call it the authentic business framework, and it is sort of a five step process for building well what I call an authentic business, which is what we've been talking about all along, really, which is how do we bring our higher and fuller selves into our business and not just, like you said, leave the heart at the door and just only think about profit and metrics in our business without the heart. But how can we integrate all of that? And I am, over time, I'm, well, I, I make three videos and blog posts a week, so over time I'm kind of dripping out all the different pieces of this framework out for free on my social media platforms. So my legacy is I envision 50 years or something <laughs> like that. This framework will be commonplace. Um, there will be tens of thousands of business coaches who use this framework to support millions of businesses established and startups to really integrate the authenticity of who they are at their best, what their grand vision is for the world, to really integrate that into their business practices. Therefore, Through business, we build a society that is truly connected, truly caring, and truly sustainable, right? And so that's sort of my grand vision is kind of getting this framework out there. But I see my legacy, you know, kind of, we we talk about the big picture, but let's talk about sort of the Mm day-to-day. I think we forget that sometimes that our legacy is built in our daily actions, and through our daily actions. And what I mean is not just, again, I think mean, too often business is thought of as a means to an end. We've been talking about that. But in my opinion, there is no, that dichotomy of means and end is actually an illusion. There is only means. And there is only end. Meaning every single day that we act You could say that this is sort of the results that happen every day is you can say the ends. But the impact that we're making is actually happening every single day. Every day that we post something on social media or we talk to a client or we talk to a customer or we email a colleague or whatever it is, we are making an impact on that person, which then we influence their mood and their consciousness that moment in that day, which then they go on. To influence the mood and consciousness and actions and words and thoughts of other people. And so we need to realize that our legacy is being built every single day. Not just, oh, for our 50-year vision, but really, I am, you and I are, through our words and our actions and our intentions today, are influencing more people than we can imagine. Even if we only talk to one person today, that person's influencing other people. So I really think of my legacy as happening right here in this moment. And one of the questions that I asked myself a couple of years ago that really catalyzed this transformation within me was, what if I only had six to 12 months left to live?
0: I remember and you talking I, about that. Yeah, That's, yeah very, and, very powerful question.
1: Yeah. And I mean, I don't know why that question became so important to me. Maybe I was in some alternate universe, I was meant to get hit by a bus you know, the next year, but thankfully in this universe I didn't. But somehow that question became so critical and essential that I was asking myself that question almost every day for months. And as a result, I transformed because I said, oh, okay, if that was gonna happen, then I'm not gonna be like, I'm gonna make enough money so that 10 years from now I can donate money. I'm going to see What can I possibly do in the most socially impactful way today Mm -hmm. without having to have billions of dollars? What can I do today? And so I really started to see, Oh my gosh. So, you know, like I said, my words and my thoughts and intentions posted even to social media has a greater ripple effect and changes the world every single day. It's, imagine this. You know, I, I was listening to a spiritual speaker. Uh, this is a guy named, his name is Daniel Binkley who had, actually had three near-death experiences in, in the past 34 years. Really interesting guy. And he was talking about how and whether or not we believe this. It's a fascinating thought. He said, every word you say, every move you make, every breath even that you take literally changes the world. The world is literally different after that word you've said after that breath you've taken whether you decided to turn go to this grocery aisle or that grocery aisle whether you decided to to leave the house 2 minutes earlier or 2 minutes later the world has literally changed because of what you the, the choice you made and of course that's these changes might be somewhat minute but the ripple effects are much greater than you can imagine but think about the, the the changes we are able to see today just using social media right when we post something online and even if one person likes our post, that one person's life has been altered because of what you wrote or what you said. Okay. Yeah. And it's interestingly, not just that one person. I think every like that we get on social media is representative of several other, maybe who knows, 5, 10, 20 other people who saw that piece of content and had it influence them. But maybe you just didn't get a chance to click like or whatever, add a comment. So know that you and I and each person listening to this is a powerful, powerful change agent today. And now the question is, what choices are we going to make today? What words are we going to say? What thoughts are we going to hold? And what behavior are we going to allow others to see us do today that is
0: so powerful I love how you've we talked about the bigger picture and then you've just drilled down into a very profound message very very yeah and you're absolutely right it's the impact we have on people all the time Mm. and one of the things which you know I talk about in my book is about how we can have positive social impact and especially Mm. at a time when a lot of businesses are seen to be damaging the environment, damaging the planet, damaging communities. And is it not about time that we as business owners start to lead that change and lead the movement of businesses becoming a force for good and I love how it, it does start with what we do every single day and in a similar but different way I've been having a lot of conversations with my husband we're talking about retirement which is only a few years away now mm. and so when I can remember last year sitting and thinking right if I've only got four to five years to go before mm. I choose to retire I don't know I'm out. I may well continue to do things I'm mm. thinking of the foot off the pedal a bit, certainly, sure. and taking a little bit of break and things. But yes. um, when you've got, I can remember sitting, looking at that and thinking, a finite time, right, what impact do I want to have in that? In the few years, I choose to really focus in on driving something. Mm-hmm. And it's what you've just shared with me has actually brought a lot of comfort in knowing it doesn't matter, actually, what I do in the four years. Let's just mm-hmm. focus on today. But I do know what I do every day is the stuff that's completely important to me because I'm not going to waste another minute doing the stuff that doesn't resonate.
1: Oh, beautiful. Yeah, yes. So yeah, it, it's about the impact that businesses are having and coming back to the fact that Every listener here, most listeners here are not, you know, CEOs of fortune 500 companies. Hey, maybe there are a couple of, and we hope you will know how powerful your impact is on the world. Right. But really all of us, right. So what if I'm not a CEO of a fortune 500 company that's shaping society at that grand scale? What can I do to influence how business treats the environment and labor and social justice and mm-hmm. gender equality, et cetera. So here's the thing. I mean, we are every single day influencing businesses through what we buy and what we share and what we recommend, what we share and recommend. So true. And so this is, okay, if you, and also what we boycott as well, mm-hmm. right? And also what kind of boycotts we share on online. But really your responsibility today is to influence the people that you have been given to influence. And I really believe that it's this idea that if we are responsible and effective with what we are given, we are much more likely to be given more to be responsible for. And so if we aren't even doing a great job with the people that are already in our circles, friends, family, colleagues, the people we are already have on Facebook as friends, LinkedIn connections, and whatever social media we use, your post on social media matters to somebody else's buying decision, whether to support this company or product, or to boycott it, or to better understand why this particular cause is so important. And so that's one thing. And then the other thing, of course, is where our money is. And you talked about retirement. And recently, I've been looking again at where my retirement savings is being put. And most of us are, I think the statistics is something like uh, less than 20% of Americans, maybe it's even less than that, but definitely less than 20% of Americans are aware that their retirement savings could be put towards socially responsible investments. Mm -hmm. And so it's Mm -hmm. like we make this money and we put it away and then we donate to trade it, but we don't realize that the banks that we're using that itself are investing in weapons and child labor and polluting industries. (laughs) And so it's it. But now more than ever in this day and age, it is so much easier to then move our money to social responsible investments here you can talk about scotland and europe but here in the states we have this up-and-coming company called openinvest.co. i'm not associated with them i'm just kind of a fan and looking at moving my money there but i've been kind of studying them they have these filters on they study all the publicly traded companies And they have these filters for, okay, you care about climate change. You definitely, you know, here are the top 10 companies we recommend for being good for climate change and have great returns. If you care about child labor, if you care about, you know, slave labor, if you care about a funny popular filter that they have for on their investments is if you don't like Donald Trump's policies, they have an (laughs) anti-Trump filter. You know, Like this, this, this will support more immigration, you know, blah, 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 all that stuff. So it's interesting that there are platforms that make it so easy now that it's even using artificial intelligence and sort of robot um, automation and to make it so simple for us to make sure that the money that is just sitting there making money for us is actually doing good rather than creating more damage for, for society.
0: Yeah, totally. And it was great to see the article you actually shared in social media um, a few days ago. Yeah. I had a little chuckle to myself because having been a stockbroker way back in the 80s.
1: Oh, <laughs> like, uh-huh.
0: Yeah, I was in the 80s. And um, so at that time, there were a few ethical funds. But the right. problem you had, even if you were trying to invest in them as an investment manager, let alone a, you know an individual investor, was that you didn't have transparency of, in the companies in terms of what they were doing and wow. social impact... Was wasn't deemed important enough not enough companies had moved towards that whereas nowadays it's great to see there's a shift happening and things like you know there's a fortune 100 and change the what companies are changing the world index and things Mm -hmm. now yes you know so there's lots of different ways that we can actually assess as you say where we invest our money in that social investment piece but also in terms of and i know you do this as well it's looking at how i bank my business bank account is with and what is deemed to be an ethical bank. Um, mm. It's nearer <laughs> than the other ones available in the UK. Um, and I think banks are getting better at that. But both you and I also have our practices where we do employ others To support them, and I I talk about what I call social sourcing, if you like, in the book, Mm. and that's about making conscious decisions about the people that we buy from as business owners. So, absolutely, yeah, it could be what venues are we using for our events? I used to Mm. always try and go to a social enterprise or a charity if Mm. I could, and if I couldn't find one, it would be a company that would have good social policies, Mm -hmm. or I have a couple of people in the Philippines that help me, and that's not been a conscious Mm -hmm. decision to make any. cheaper. That Mm -hmm. has been because I specifically identified that country as a country that suffers a lot of natural disasters, poverty, Mm. um, there's conflict, and I want to genuinely help the livelihood of a few families in that area. And with today's technology, we can do that. So to me, this is always a social sourcing of products and services and goods we use is a phenomenal way that we can have impact without spending any extra money. It's part of business.
1: Yes. Oh, brilliant. Yeah, I absolutely agree with you. And that's actually, I think, one of the best social, you could say charity or social investments that we can make is because when we, you know, when, when we give money to charity, that's great. They get to do the cause, but a lot of times we don't know, we don't have as much information about really what are, what's happening to our money. Yeah. And it's sort of like sometimes we donate to bigger organizations. That's a little bit nameless to us, right? But when we do, when we take our money and say, okay, you know what? I'm going to hire the service provider that I believe in that has good values and use his or her services myself or maybe buy it for somebody else. There's so many benefits that come from it because one, the money is going to, I mean, when we think about charity, you know, charity is also paying people to do stuff, right? We are directly paying somebody to do something That is giving them the dignity of work, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. which is really big because that's actually one of the biggest social causes, I think, it is more and more important today is the the dignity of work. So many people are suffering now because of the rapid transformation of economies from what, gosh, even within a decade or two, most trucks will be automated. And really? how many, yeah, how many tens of millions of people are going to be out of a job. But I mean, that's an example of what's coming in the next 20 years, really. And this is not a joke. I mean, Tesla is already previewing an amazingly efficient, energy efficient, self-driving truck. Okay, they've already shown that on the TED stream. Okay, so that's already right now in 2017, that's already being shown. It's within 10, 20 years, that's already going to be on the roads. So that's one example, but already now, I mean, taxis, I mean, here in the United States, you know, Uber has decimated the taxi industry, right? But, but not just cars and driving, but also every other industry. I mean, even lawyers are, their work is getting automated faster than they realize it could be. Because guess what? And not just lawyers, but also in, the in I would say, 20, 30 years, doctors as well. You think these white-collar jobs are immune? No, they're not immune because the artificial intelligence can source and research medical history and case studies far faster than any doctor can and make a more accurate prescription, right? And so same thing with lawyers, right? With legal cases, I mean, artificial intelligence can, can look through that stuff much faster and find correlations and et cetera. So- in the coming years and already has been happening for 10 years people are getting more and more desperate about what do i do in terms of my work and more and more people are really being forced to become entrepreneurs or service providers themselves to say okay you know what i'm going to finally try to this industry is kind of going downhill so i'm going to try to find a way to to monetize my passion to make money doing something that i used to do as a hobby or some skill that i'm intrigued by and i say What if we took some of our money that may have gone to a charity and instead hired these people who are trying to find how to make a livelihood from doing work that they are passionate about and that is beneficial for others? And when we do that, we support their livelihood, their dignity, their joy, and their families, right? And of course, the ripple effect they make being a happier person saying, gosh, I am able to build a livelihood from... Doing things that I love and can uh, having a business that I can really control so that I can have better, you know, uh, values, et cetera, that I'm integrating my business. And then of course, as we use their services, we get to know what they do and then we can refer them onward and we start building this economy of authenticity. And that's sort of my current biggest social cause is I want everybody in this world to be able to do work that allows them to integrate their best and higher and more truest selves into their everyday work.
0: Yeah, totally. And I guess, you know, what we're really talking about here is developing businesses that connect through and and build empowering values-based economies and communities. And that's the way that we can have that impact. And I always talk about, in the title to my book, I have talked about charities and social causes, because that's a phrase, charities is a word that's known. I actually do prefer the word social causes, Mm. because it's a much broader definition of whatever or whoever we want to support. That's right. um, Rather than that formal definition of charity. And also, the word word charity, to me, energetically gives a sense of tendency. I have um, right. handouts yeah. and not really it's almost like I'm better than you, I'm giving back to somebody who needs it rather than the respectful empowerment of the one of the mm. examples you gave is the dignity at work yes. of work. Which yes. I totally agree with you is one of the biggest challenges that we have um it's people not feeling that um,
1: so yeah credible. I, I think it's brilliant that you're reframing charity yes it's still needed in the technical sense but what if we reframed it as you said like social impact social empowerment which which creates it i mean when we start using terminology like that we start changing how we are seeing those causes because we realize okay i'm empowering that organization which means how else can i empower them not just money because i think charity a lot of times people think oh, i'm just going to 10 percent or whatever i'm just going to donate money you know to save money on taxes or whatever it is like oh i feel good that some of my money is going for but that's it that kind of ends right there whereas i mean gosh alison your example of going to rwanda right i mean that's mm. you can do so much more than just give money at the end of the year right it's when we think about empowerment it's like well, There's so many things I can do to help empower a cause. And so that's brilliant. And one more thing I forgot to mention is when we take our money and we support authentic entrepreneurs in their service provisions uh, to us, et cetera, to others, we also allow them to start building an income that allows them to further empower other causes. And the sort of like money that I keeps rippling out and multiplying greater and greater.
0: Yeah. And it's great talking to you, George, and just hearing you're a very different guy to the guy that I met. I think <laughs> I started working with you in 2011. I've been a fan ever since. But there's yeah. definitely been a massive shift that you've gone through. So what for yeah. you would you say have has been a positive side effect of your switch mm. to this generous living over the last few years? How's wow. it you as a person?
1: Oh, gosh. Thank you for asking that. I feel so much more well-being now than I ever did before. I mean, I literally palpably, my body feels relaxed, feels grateful. I have so much more gratitude and joy in my life today. And I think in part, it's because I am proud of my actions every day. Mm -hmm. That wasn't something I could say years ago when I first started is and I was proud of maybe of God, this generated a lot of profit, you know? but that's a different kind of pride than I am so grateful I was able to help that one person, whether or not he or she ever bought from me. But see, that's one of the strange, mysterious ways of how karma and life works is that when we are willing to do things where we can't necessarily see the ripple effect and where we can't necessarily see the profit, but our hearts tell us there is a ripple effect that is more profound here than what you can see visibly, okay? If our hearts are saying this is a good thing to do, our life begins to bring on more joy, more gratitude, and even more true empowerment. Like, I feel more impactful and powerful today than I did when I was able to do a $50,000 launch in two months or whatever it may be. And so that's kind of how my life has continued to transition. And then my business, business, what's interesting is I've continued doing things that are generous and that don't bring a profit right away. But I recently was talking about how trust is more important than the sale. <laughs> what's more important than persuading this potential client by any means necessary or this group of people by any means to buy from me what's more important is am I building trust with all of them or most of them I used to focus on converting the 10% to become customers while almost neglecting the other 90% and sometimes making some of them feel bad for not converting to become a customer or client right which we've all probably experienced some of those kinds of marketing tactics before the fear of missing out and like, oh, you're gonna be losing out if you don't buy this thing from me or whatever. But now I focus on building trust with the one hundred percent instead of converting the ten percent and neglecting the ninety. I build trust with hundred percent through my generous my aims to do generous content. And what's interesting is over the last three years that I've been doing this, I started noticing something about a year ago, I noticed I had not reached out to seek out more clients for about a year now Mm -hmm. and I was like that's really strange because I used to have to do launch after launch after or I used to have to email my list again and again no matter how big my list was you know and how so-called famous I was I had to keep reaching out to get more clients or otherwise I could I didn't have enough but now they just come to me I mean they really literally just people just kind of show up and say George I love your content can I do you have any space to work? And right now, literally, I have a waiting list. I always try not to have a waiting list. I try to refer people out, but but it's like it's really remarkable when we are willing to be the change and do things without a need for a short-term result, you know, short-term business metric, but a long-term heart-based action that actually karma works faster than, than, than we can even
0: imagine. Totally. I mean, a I, I diff- a sort of slight variation of that, but along a very similar theme is that I can remember I think one of the things I used to find challenging about the way that I was being taught business was all about getting the sale whereas to me you know especially with training having been a trainer for so many years that what was far more important to me was impact it was like okay I might be able to convert all of those people into clients but I don't want to be selling it to somebody that's not going to do the course. I'm more interested right. in the person actually getting results and getting the results yes. they want yes. <laughs> and therefore yes. having the right people in and not yeah. just selling for the sake of getting a sale. And and I really do hope more and more people are getting that message.
1: <laughs> well, talk about social impact. I mean, the greatest social impact we make is right in our own businesses. That's
0: right. right? <laughs> totally. And it can be very simple little things that we change. Yes. So just... Pulling this round to your book, because I think there will be probably quite a lot of our listeners who will be interested in this. So your book on authentic content marketing, what is this about?
1: Well, it's really about what we've been talking about. How can we bring our best and truest, most authentic selves into our business? And in this case, the book is talking about through our content. So what is content? Anytime you post something on Facebook, that is content, Right. Anytime you send an email to a client answering their question, that is content, right? Mm -hmm. Except if you're going to send an email answering a client's question or you're going to answer a question in a client session, why don't you, why not just go ahead and reformat that email and post it on social media so that other people like your client can also benefit? So that's the simplest, simplest idea of what content marketing that is authentic can be. It's like, well, this piece of content actually helps someone that I know. I might as well share it with more people that could be also helped by it. And lots of benefits accrue. Of course, you help more people. You get engagement from others that tell you that you know they're benefiting from it. And of course, over time, people start to see you more and more as a generous servant leader, generous contributor. To their, in their network, and they will obviously remember you more and more whenever they need your services or know somebody who needs your services. Yeah, totally.
0: And I know for me, I mean, content marketing is just one of my absolute favourite strategies. That, in terms of for myself, in terms mm-hmm. of loving mm-hmm. creating video and things, but yes. actually also for as a consumer, you know, as somebody who consumes that information, yes. I'd much rather go and check somebody out by looking at all the stuff they've been producing. You know, right. it, it helps people yeah. determine yeah. whether or not you know what you're talking about or and especially because you do so many video i think the connection with video is really important. yeah
1: yeah i really almost all of the people who inquire to work with me nowadays said oh i first went and watched a bunch of your videos first yeah. and then i said this is my guy i need to work with this guy and probably I also imagine that other people watch my videos and go, "No, this is not my guy, right which is, yeah, which is actually what, <laughs> what what true marketing is right? True marketing yeah. is not selling everybody no True marketing is filtering in the people who are right, like you said, to work with you to buy your course to become a client to if they resonate with your style and with your yeah. values and with your message, they are far more likely to get impact from working with you if somebody doesn't resonate with your style's values and content they ought to go to somebody else that they resonate with rather than forcing everybody to try to convert to become a client
0: <laughs> yeah totally, so, totally. Yeah. it saves us a lot of conversations that we maybe don't want to have with the wrong people as well actually just thinking right. <laughs> yes, about yes. And talking about that yes
1: and it saves us reject- the fear of rejection oh, is I one know. of the greatest things and it's like well we're fearing rejection because we might be overstretching whom we're trying to sell to rather than yeah. focusing on those who really are our ideal audience
0: yeah so true so um, we're just coming to the end of the interview I've really enjoyed the conversation but one last piece of advice would you offer our listeners for great a business that really makes a difference in the world
1: yeah so there's this balance I think we need to look at all the time which is the balance of am I having strategies which is where talking to a business coach like you would. am I having strategies that are reasonable to monetize the strengths of my business right that's one thing but the other part that we need to balance is how am I most generously expressing the strengths of my business out there in the world, whether or not people buy. And I feel like that kind of balancing act is really crucial for a business to be both profitable and truly socially impactful as well. And so I think a lot of times businesses are either overly on one side or the other side. And so that's kind of my final message is it's about the balance and it's not that what you know the monetizing side is sort of again a means to an end no even the monetizing side is integrating like i said the marketing itself needs to be beneficial and so much of what you're doing also is a model an example of that but that's my message is how can you balance what you are doing so that you are sustainable and that you are fulfilling your highest values at the same time
0: thank you a beautiful way to sum up what you've been talking about. And if people want to get hold of you, George, and check out your book and things, how can they best do that?
1: Probably the easiest way is my website, www.georgecao.com. That's G-E-O-R-G-E-K-A-O.com. Also look me up on Facebook. I have an active presence there, and those are probably the easiest places. Yeah,
0: definitely. And YouTube. Oh, yes. You- <laughs> yes, Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Well, listen, thanks so much, George, for all your time um, and wisdom as always. I've just really enjoyed this conversation and I'm sure all our listeners will have done too. One thing I am taking away, gosh, there's been so many. It's probably going to be the comment you mentioned about legacy being built through our daily actions. That was, that really hit something for me today. So thank you very much. And thanks to everybody for tuning in to this episode. I look forward to connecting with you again next time remember to check out the giftprofit.com site for full show notes plus details of how to contact george so thanks very much for tuning in until next time thanks for listening to the Gift to Profit podcast. If you've enjoyed this episode remember to subscribe to the show on iTunes so you hear about our next episodes. It would be great if you left a rating and review of the show there too. For every review this month Alison will be sponsoring a child to go to school for a day in Cambodia. You can connect and chat with Alison on Twitter using the handle at Alison Mac and through the Give to Profit Facebook fan page. And if you don't already have a copy of Alison's best-selling book Give to Profit, How to Grow Your Business by Supporting Charities and Social Causes, you can get this on Amazon around the world.